Welcome to our 25th Set the Month in Motion monthly podcast and forum produced in partnership with the City of Fremantle's Building Business Capacity Program. My name is Janesha Quinlan and I'm the CEO here at the Fremantle Chamber of Commerce. I would like to start today by welcoming our guests in the room and those online and also acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Wajak people, and pay my respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. There's been a lot of talk in film in Frio lately, from the pre-election announcement of the Film Studio Hub being created on Victoria Quay by Chamber members Hisperia, to our historic West End being the location for a few filter films in recent times, through to the international recognition received from our existing incredible film producers such as Prospero Productions, Artemis Film, and sitting in the room here with me today, Rookie Ambush and the KP Collective. We're lucky enough to have our panel today, thanks to the amazing Kate from Indota Day Spa, who um, was actively involved as a small business in a recent film shoot. And it inspired us to think of a few different things. For me, film in Frio raises a number of thoughts. What role, firstly, does film have as a leading pillar of our creative industries here locally? The pathways into the sector and particular links to Notre Dame University's training around film and media. The productions themselves and what an incredible backdrop Fremantle provides. The opportunities for the future in terms of infrastructure requirements like the film uh, hub and studio that I mentioned earlier, but also how our local businesses can maximise the economic return when the film studios actually come to town. We'll be exploring all of these things today on the panel in quite a different conversation around film in Frio. So thank you to our panel, and I'll start by introducing the first of our panellists, Cullen. Cullen Durlich is a writer, actor, producer, comedian and director. Cullen's first feature film, The Naked Wanderer, made its world premiere at the Australian Richest Film Festival, Cinefest Oz. Cullen not only wrote the script, but also co-produced and starred alongside comedy legend John Cleese who weirdly this week has been in my thoughts. Someone else mentioned his top five criteria for creativity and I've been circulating that around the traps. Nice. What an amazing individual. Um, who told him it was the funniest script he had read in 20 years. That's quite the compliment, Cullen. Yeah, that's pretty nice. <laughs> Cullen's directorial debut, It Only Takes a Night, was recently shot in Perth and Fremantle. His production company, Rookie's Ambush, has big things planned for the future of film and TV in Western Australia. Cullen, your experience of using Fremantle as a film location, how was it? And particularly, how was it to set it as a stage as London Streets? Yeah, I mean, look, it was a, it was an amazing experience. Um, obviously, you know, the last couple of years has been, uh, you know, pretty tough for, for the film industry. And, um, you know, it certainly put a stop to any, any thought of actually shooting this film uh, on location in London. Um, but then, you know, what that did was like make us look in our own backyard and uh, I guess we realised pretty quickly that, um, yeah, like Perth has has the set, has the location uh, for London. And in all honesty, it's it's actually not that hard to to make Perth look like um, England, London. Um, you know, we were just saying earlier, we've we've cut together some stuff already, and you know, we sort of you know cut straight from uh, a big you know London aerial to something on Pakenham Street. And it's seamless. Mm. So, um, yeah, for us, it was amazing. That historic West End and Victorian streetscape, uh, I think, being preserved uh, uh, through the years, often because we're a rakish port city, I think it hasn't it got left <laughs> for a little while yeah. during that modernist push in Perth. And you're right, it, it does have an incredible ambience. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes forget the asset that yeah, we have for sure, yeah. on our doorstep. Very handy. Absolutely. Now I'm going to come back and ask you some more questions sure. about um, 
being, you know, writing the funniest script in the world. Yeah, That's cool. pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but now I'm just going to pass on to Cara. Cara Pisseroni is the founder of the KP Collective. As a creative producer and publicist, Cara has an inherent understanding of what makes a great story and how to take a script to screen in a way that connects all kinds of audiences. Recently producing It Only Takes a Night and short film runner, Cara has worked within the publicity, advertising and events industries, promoting feature films, television projects and campaigns that achieve worldwide media coverage and consumer reach. She has been helping brands and creatives, both emerging and experienced, bring their projects to life for more than 15 years. Cara, I'm really interested, first of all, to think about what story do you think Fremantle has to tell as a film location? That's a tough question. Um, so many stories. I guess we so traditionally look at Fremantle internally or with our view on it. So there's all the historic stories and the local stories. But I think we've sort of shown there's so much more than that. It can it can tell any story. Um, you go from the port down to Pakenham Street um, and out to the harbour and you could really, really shine a light on any story, local or set it internationally. That's fantastic. Um, and Cara, from your experience, what should local businesses expect if they're considering being a film location? Um, what they should expect? Yeah, yeah a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel like... Because it is a bit of a mystery, it, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's this idea, wow, Fremantle could be this amazing film hub, but, you know, what does it really mean in practical terms for local businesses? It's To be honest, it's quite an imposition. So mm. uh, businesses should be prepared to be really put out of joint uh, uh, film crews will film crews will come in and take over because they're there on a mission to get their scenes and they're, com they're coming in and out so be prepared with questions know what your location looks like beforehand so um, have a set of photos know what what state you want it to be put back into that's really important I um, mean if you have a location that is being used and you want it protected think think about how you want that protected you know do you want film crew to wear little booties do you want do you want a cleaner to come in at the end um so I guess being prepared not just for the being used as a location itself but then coming out of that as well absolutely and I guess also thinking through why you want to be involved and if it is around you know opportunities for publicity how you do all of those things up front as well I would imagine because I think that would be quite restrictive isn't it yeah, so if if you want to negotiate in um, even using photos, um, there's such strict requirements with the cast and agents and, and talent. Um, so talking to the producers or the location manager about what, what you would like to do, what you would like to post, how you would like to be recognised, um, you know, tagging them, tagging you in their posts, et cetera. Mm. Um, but, yeah, leveraging that opportunity from the outset so that you don't get caught out later. It's fantastic and I'll come back to a few of those points because I think they are certainly, as I said, this idea is talked about a lot but sometimes when we get into the nitty-gritty of how things work, with, unless we set expectations appropriately, there can be a bit of challenge on, on both sides, I would imagine. And, um, now next on our panel is Josh Horman, uh, founder of Rookie Ambush. Josh brings almost a decade of experience in management consulting to the world of film and TV. A co-founder of Rookie Ambush, he is passionate about finding new models for creating content for global audiences out of Western Australia. Producer of It Only Takes a Night, Runner and The Naked Wanderer, he sees huge potential for the industry if it can shift its current paradigm. 
What does that mean, Josh? <laughs> what do we need to shift the current paradigm? Uh, I think beyond our shores. Yeah, in yeah. what way? Um, I think there's, there's a lot of amazing Aussie stories that are told for Australians, but there's a lot of amazing Aussie stories that can go much further than Australia. Um, yeah, the, the kind of reason we started our business and, and sort of have gone on this journey <clears throat> is because we see an opportunity for us to look at what we have here um, on a global level um, and really provide uh, an opportunity for people to come here to shoot, but also to elevate stories locally. Um, whether that be through, you know, different models of financing, um, whether that be through identifying kind of commercially relevant things for audiences in other parts of the world, uh, elevating those uh, within kind of existing stories and stories that are here uh, to help them reach, you know, the widest audience possible and, and not just thinking about uh, making a, a story for the 20 odd million people that are in this country. It's like there's so many people beyond this uh, and that's how you build sustainability and consistency in terms of work for crew, work for actors, all this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, we're, we're very driven to, to be creating consistently and constantly forever. Uh, and, and we think there's a really big opportunity to do that here and, um, and one that may not have been exploited by the traditional models that exist. And mm. so happy to kind of try and shift that paradigm a little bit. That's fantastic. And I think we were talking actually with DFAT recently just about the role our creative industries have in export. And it traditionally hasn't been seen as an export industry. But yep. as you're talking, you know, there's so many things that spring to mind that I'd love to explore with you in a little while. But, you know, the idea that even the film studio hub as an idea Often in Fremantle, I think we're very attached to our place and, and with that attachment comes a sense of sometimes creating a bubble that we don't look outside in. And I think seeing opportunities is not just about the physical opportunity, it is about that outreach and that export and that movement of people and stories and all of those benefits that actually come with that. So I think there's a lot in what you've just done and <laughs> said then and I'd love to unpack it in a little while. But um Let's just thinking about, um, and I'll ask actually a question that follows on from that. Um, Fremantle businesses, if we're thinking about, I guess, the fact that a film studio may happen in Fremantle, what are some of the opportunities that you see following on from that shift in paradigm? How do we prepare ourselves for that? Um, if, if the scale of the studio that has been talked about is created uh, and then the corresponding flow, like if, if, if that's full, let's say 70, 80% of the time that it's... That it's uh, you know, it, it's in use, um, you're going to have a huge flow and effect for hospitality, um, for, I mean, any sort of accommodation. There's an apartment block right next door, like, mm -hmm. which is extremely close. So, so there's an immediate uptick for, for use in that sort of area. But you have so many factors involved in a film that are traditional to business, like stationary and like hire of chairs and tables. Like the, 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 there's so many elements that exist within the producing of a film that are tr traditional business elements. Um, and so anyone who services business to business has a huge opportunity uh, to provide support uh, to, to that or to, to the short term, long term, if it's a six months TV show, it, it's a huge potential windfall for, for small business. Um, locations is a really interesting one. Uh, obviously, you have a studio, so you think people are building sets, um, but it's not going to be 100% sets they'll still be looking around to try and identify really unique 
locations to film in. Um, and it's, it, it, it is, as Cara said, potentially a bit of an imposition, but if it's a sort of, I don't know, a Netflix show comes here, uh, there's a lot of eyeballs are going to be on that. And so there really is an opportunity to elevate And they do the move away from the green screen occasionally. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, totally, <laughs> totally. And, and yeah, and I think this is a big thing. People think, oh, it's a studio. Everything's going to happen in the studio. Mm-hmm. Not the case at all. Um, not the case at all. So, so there'll be a lot of opportunity to kind of elevate the local area and obviously wider across Western Australia. But yeah, if you're nearby and they've got everybody staying here and they're like, we need this and yeah. you can provide it that's a win Um, that's fantastic and so you mentioned a few of the business to business type businesses that could get involved in film and tv Cara did you have anything else that you wanted to add just about the types of businesses that you approach and get involved I mean obviously we talked about Kate at Indota Day Spa is one example you know it's I guess you can just never assume you you wouldn't be involved so Mm. just because you might have some weird space or a random location don't presume that it will never be used um if someone can film there they they will um and you're always looking for weird and wonderful spaces to fit a scene that's in a closet or you just never know what might be filmed so yeah yeah yeah, so um having a good set of photos floor plans um knowing how much parking capacity or nearby parking but that's where I'd really encourage businesses to work with the city because the city will be a point of contact, um, the chamber, how you might collate lists of those locations so Mm. that there's sort of one point of call where if I'm looking, I'm not having to search, like trying to find a massage room was really challenging. Yeah. Um, And is the city a point of call for that or are there like kind of, I don't know, global listings of awesome places to film stuff where do we go city cities are good because of the amount of approvals required to film anywhere so even if there is a film studio here if you someone walks out into the street and you want an outdoor scene um you're going to require an obstruction permit so uh, cities screen west the sort of screen bodies are the first point of call for most location managers and to register a location and what it offers yeah. Fantastic. We're lucky enough to have someone from the city in the room today. And Cal, I might actually just ask you to pass the microphone briefly to Jess, just while we're on the topic, because it sort of is relevant to what we're talking about now. Um, Jess, the city of Fremantle has been designated, as, I guess, as a film-friendly town. What does that mean in terms of the city and, and Fremantle? Well, that's a good question. Um, I guess we believe that Fremantle is a creative city and the creative sector that exists here is critical to our local economy. So positioning ourselves as being film friendly, we hope to strengthen that connection to the creative sector. And for us, being film friendly means having one point of contact. So that's me at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so it is about sort of helping a production company to navigate the city's internal um, approvals, so the obstruction permits and filming permits, and but yeah, and also as Cara alluded to, but um, for us at the city, having a list of film-friendly businesses and people that we know are happy to be connected. So when Cara said, oh, "I'm looking for somewhere where I can film a massage," do you have any empty buildings? Or I said, "Oh, well, we've got a Endota Day Spa. Maybe I can contact Kate and connect you." And um, yeah, so sort of knowing that local businesses are interested in being involved as well is a great starting point for us. That's fantastic. Um, Guys, in terms of the ideal world, like so you're planning a a filming an amazing one and I guess, Callum, your role as also an actor involved in that, what makes a space easy to work in for you? 
Um, I guess, again, you, you just never know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is you can use any space for anything. I mean, you know, size is always a big one because even though, you know, you might have uh, a small apartment that you want to shoot in, you're still going to need to fit 30 crew, a camera, you know, the rest of the cast, hair, makeup, everything like that. So size is always, uh, you know, a big thing for a production. Um, yeah, knowing that we can obviously get all our, our trucks and gear, you know, accessibility, all that kind of stuff. Um, but really, if, if it's the right location, we'll make it work. Mm. You know, if, if the look is right and it's going to look good on screen, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. That's great. Um, I'm interested also in, in your story as a local business. You know, it's one thing to talk about how great Fremantle potentially could be for the film industry. But, you know, you guys are, are working in a creative sector that Western Australia has not traditionally been known for what are some of the I guess and I work down the panel but what are some of the I guess opportunities and challenges that you've seen in establishing what is I guess a niche business traditionally here and what should I guess if we're growing a film industry what are some of the expectations around how we navigate our way through what is I guess a you know in terms of supply and demand it's a challenging business isn't it and it's a risky risky business in mm. terms of financing I'd yeah. just be interested in your perspective on that yeah I mean the big thing for us is um you know we don't want to leave here like West Australia is an amazing place Perth Fremantle is an amazing place an amazing city um but we also want to have an industry here and I guess the biggest challenge that we have faced since sort of starting our business and coming into this is you know, changing or not changing or just doing things differently. You know, we were always coming up against the that's not how it's done mm. kind of comment. And um, I guess the big thing for us is, again, trying to make international films for the world. Um, you know, you, you come up against this, you know, well, if you're not calling it Fremantle, you know, you can't use that location or if you're not calling it Perth, you can't use that location because it's not advertising the city in the way that, you know, we want it um, advertised. But... I'm obsessed with Lord of the Rings and, you know, I don't think there's a person in the world that wouldn't call that uh, a New Zealand film. Yeah. That's a 100% New Zealand film, but n never do they call it New Zealand. Never no, do they mention it. would be a bit weird if, uh, but that, but you know, they I were mean. coming out and going, hey, we should go yeah, and explore yeah. that New Zealand yeah. forest. Yeah. But, that, but that's 100% <laughs> right, right? So, you know, like why, why are we, you know, why do we think that, you know, we have to make these films that say Perth, that say Fremantle, that, that mm. mention these places by name because, oh, it'll be good for tourism and it'll be good for this. That's all well and good, but, you know. Yeah, ask Hobbit Land in New Zealand where yeah, anyone yeah, knows Yeah, exactly. Thing. So, I mean, that that's the big thing for me. You know, I'd really like to see Perth and Western Australia really open up and and welcome in, you know, international films and, and really start looking at, at all our locations in a completely different way. It's, you know, like we said, just because we're looking for a, a massage room doesn't mean you know, it can't be, you know, just a warehouse somewhere that we just use the corner for. Or if we're, you know, we're looking for somewhere in America doesn't mean that it can't be Scarborough or Leighton Beach or somewhere like that. Mm. So, yeah, I, I think we really just need to really open up and start realising that there's a, there's a huge content war on at the moment. You know, everybody needs content. We're super lucky. You know, we filmed a, a nightclub scene with probably 500 people inside a nightclub two months ago. Yeah. 
that, that's, that's not world, happening anywhere yeah. else in the world. So, you know, we really need to understand that we're, we're really lucky. We've got a huge range of locations. You know, we could go shoot another planet in the desert somewhere up north, amazing like forests down south, you know. Mm. So, yeah, WA's made for film. But, you know, I just think we need to, we need to get out of that headspace of like we need to advertise Western Australia, we need to only make Western Australian content. So, yeah. It's a really, really good point. Cara, yeah. interested in um, how you take, speaking of making West Australian content, the, the export angle and taking the stories internationally, can you just, from a business point of view, just describe a little bit about that approach from taking and telling a story, I guess, in your own backyard to working to export it internationally? Oh, that's a better question. Is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, can go. I also talk about finance first? Though? Yeah, go, go, we, please. I just wanted to come back to your question. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> I, was wa I was waiting for that. I was waiting for the handball. Um, no, because the funding part just, of it, it blows my mind. In terms, of, in terms of your question to Callan about kind of what's, not what's missing, but what do we need? Um, so we are a very rich state, a very rich country from a perspective of uh, investment. Most of that investment is currently channeled towards technology, product, um, business, etc. Isn't that all uh, innovation is, or Josh? Mining, really? Or mining. Yeah, or, or mining. Um, it's my it's, absolute it's a, soapbox. It's my head in. <laughs> but it's, again, this, um, this shift. It's this shift that's required, from my perspective, uh, in terms of return on investment and how you can articulate that to somebody and, and correctly present a business model. And if you talk to the people that invested in our last film, it only takes a night. It was 100% privately invested. There's no government money or anything like that in this project. Um, they came on board because the model made sense. The story was one that had an opportunity to resonate well beyond where we are. Um, and so it, it presented an opportunity for them that they saw that a dollar could turn into more than that. Um, and so it's very challenging for anybody who has money to put money into something that doesn't present that opportunity to them. So I think we have to be thinking about the right way in which we go about asking the market for money. Uh, and I think that's a big shift in the arts because most of the time um, it's challenging for people to make money. It, it's something that's conflicted. It, yeah. So there's a whole yeah. sort of bit of a stigma around that, which I think needs to be broken or addressed or supported somehow. Um, but uh, Because there is money to be made. I mean, oh I know God. I'm going to tell a so personal story money. here, but I remember in the 80s, a friend of my dad's invested in Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Can I just say, yeah, yeah. he made a lot of money yeah, totally. <laughs> from but, that but, one risky moment. Yeah, yeah, but that's a great example because there's like 390-something investors in Crocodile Dundee, like yeah. private investors to the point of like a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks and so so they still had to go down a path that required a lot of effort and energy mm. for them to get that capital together and yes it hit it out of the ballpark and it was great but the 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 reality i think is that the world's changed cinema's yeah. in a very different position than it was streaming is usually or likely to be the way forward and so your models need to change to address that as well That's really um so yeah so i guess the big thing for me is there's an opportunity to educate particularly like generations coming through um there's an opportunity to challenge what's been the way it's done in this kind of world um and this kind of comes onto that point about how you get this story out to the world. Mm. And I think uh, as challenging as it is to accept that cinema is different and will be probably different forever, um, the streaming battle that is existing at the moment is such a phenomenal opportunity for people that can create content quickly and safely in the world at the moment. Um, 
And, uh, and so I think that we're in this phenomenal place right now where if we can start to really get some runs on the board, people are going to look at us and go, wow, this is a unique location that not a lot of people have used. You've got so much variety around you. Hopefully this infrastructure is about to sort of rise up and, mm. and achieve what's been tried to be achieved for 20 odd years. Um, and we'll finally have an industry that can kind of compete on a global scale and really push content out. Um, and then that gets eyeballs on us and that's what helps people go, right, this is, you know, a great opportunity. We'll start to invest and support and off you go. Um, so, yeah, sorry. That was a bit of a rant about No, there's so many, again, so many things that come out of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, go, go. Can I add to that? Yeah. Sort of that business model that we talked about also gave us flexibility to do things, like Callan said, a bit differently. But the big opportunity is the passion here. So we had so many people buy into this project our crew bought in they were fabulous you know how many opportunities they get they're always working but the more we could give them the better local businesses bought in the city of Perth the city of Fremantle came on board and supported us so without that we probably wouldn't be where we have got through the way we did but that's sort of the opportunity I think that we can build the industry but also build on that passion and excitement that it creates as well. As you're talking, we did a um, creative industries think tank here um, a month or so ago with a lot of our local creatives that dance and film people involved in that as well. And it's interesting as you talk, you know, the, the funding models and having that finance behind it, the physical infrastructure, not just physical infrastructure to create, whether it's film or any form of creative industry, those physical spaces are so important, but also the infrastructure to allow people to stay, reside, you know, work. And one of the reasons Fremantle is a creative hub is because we've always had relatively reasonably priced studios and accommodation for people that they've been attracted to this space for that but as you've also said Cara so rightly these things don't happen without relationships and I think you know even no matter what business you're in thinking about what relationships can actually elevate your business whether it's registering your business as a space for film with the city of Fremantle or being on call for Jess and for Caroline and the team there to recommend the relationships that you guys have with state and local government to enable these things to happen you know and even in terms of exporting, you know, the role that DFAT plays, the role that um, all of our government, Austrade, those relationships are there to help build and elevate and lo any local business has to make the use of those. Yeah, and there's a huge, there's a lot of opportunity in those international relationships you referenced because we have uh, treaties in place with a lot of international locations that allow you to benefit from uh, reciprocal uh, rebates and things. So uh, for those that might not know, um, in film you can access rebates from the federal government uh, around your production. So you can get, uh, at, it's just changed. So 30% uh, if you're not making a feature film, up to 40% if you're making a feature film uh, of what you spend that qualifies back from the government as a rebate, which is a phenomenal it's incentive. It's extraordinary, isn't um, it? And then there's local incentives here around um, post-production and a few other things. But basically you can also say South Korea, if there's a company in South Korea that you'd like to help come here and shoot here, you can work together with them and then they can leverage the same incentives. Obviously travels is challenged at the moment, but hopefully mm. as that kind of un opens up a little bit, we can start to really leverage those because a lot of these treaties are in place and nothing's happened with them. Because again, we're so focused on here and us yeah. and, and we're not thinking widely about these opportunities. And if you look at where Netflix and Amazon and some of these big organizations are, are looking at the moment, like truly international markets in their eyes, which are non-English speaking, are their biggest targets. Mm. So if you can start to facilitate you know, South Koreans telling stories in 
Frio, yeah. you, you know, there's a, there's a huge opportunity and upside in that. But it's again... Because I read a statistic the other day that was saying the US film production or traditional film production is only like one third of the market compared to China, South Korea, Taiwan. Like yeah, there is time. an extraordinary opportunity out yeah, there. Yeah, big time. There? The US is like being severely disrupted in terms of how it goes about what it does. Mm. Like Hollywood almost won't well it'll always exist but it's very very different it's it's not what it was mm. um so everyone's looking for the not the cheapest place but the the most supportive place to make something so if we can open our arms and you know little things like location guides that the cities can drive and that, that allow someone who when they ring up and go i'm looking for this you're like well here you go here's yeah. our 55 page document that has images of all our amazing locations already ready to go that is what makes you stand apart from other people. And that's what we're going to need in terms of not just relying on the physical infrastructure the Film Studio Hub will bring, but all of that background to it as well. It's also things like transport, um, catering, uh, like Josh said, any of those business to business, like hiring vans and things is actually really quite challenging in a short because you don't really have a long lead time. You might... A director might change their mind on a location. <laughs> Not like looking quite, at Callum clearly. Quite, quite, rapid, quite rapidly. Uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing, um, you know, as a director, I guess you guys are, you know, leading different parts of a, of a business. One of the things that struck me, I'm watching a film in the cinema the other day and have been forced to sit through the credits for the last little bit that my son was like, you've got to wait for the end of the credits, mum. I'm like, oh, my God, is it going through and through? But now the, the volume of people involved in film is off the scale, isn't it? You know, in terms of animators, sound, lighting, all of those things. How do, and I guess one of the benefits is Fremantle's full of these amazing creative people that don't often get an opportunity. Where do you seek talent from for these short-term contracts? How do you go about that? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, that's the the, the scary thing, I guess, um, when you're trying to crew a film is is finding that crew. And you kind of, you go to your heads of department and they've worked with people before that they will sort of go and get. But like Cara said, you know, um, you know we're a low-budget film and so we had to, you know, um, yeah, get people that we could, but we also gave a lot of people an opportunity to step up into into a new role. I think you know most days we were sort of a crew of about fifty to sixty. Um, you know, bigger budget stuff. You know, you'd, you'd have a crew of a hundred, hundred and fifty, that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, if if these films start coming here, hopefully everybody that's left WA comes back. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, we're going to have skill shortage in that industry as yeah. well with hospitality yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Oh, look, look, the there money. already is one. Yeah. In, in all honesty, in Australia, there is a skill shortage um, in this industry. You know, um, a report came out just not long ago. Um, you know, they're missing line producers. We're missing first ADs, uh, assistant directors. Um, and, and and the training is just not here. You know, mm. like no one gets the opportunity. If a, if a big film does come here, they'll mostly bring in their entire crew um, and no one, you know, there's no state body telling them that they actually need to hire a certain amount of West Australians to, to do it here. Whereas if, you know, if, if West Australian producers are making stuff here, we're going to use West Australian people. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And that local content component of the arrangements that even Cara, you've mentioned right at the beginning is they need to be thought through up front. And we deal with a lot of businesses that come into Fremantle and it's like, well, if you're coming and you're working in a space, then let's find local content where mm. we can. Do you have any thoughts on that? I just think think outside the 
box mm. too. Um, so we, like we said, we'll look at different businesses for different reasons. But I think businesses also traditionally look at how they leverage it. So you get the uh, the fee for location and you might get a few snaps. But thinking of your own client base and how you do business, you know, negotiating in really different um, ways to leverage the film. So, you know, if you've got VIP customers, offer them a set visit um, because it's not very often you get to go visit a set or, you know, there's so many different ways you can look at tapping into the film itself, the behind-the-scenes footage. I mean, we're a, we're a nation of people wanting to consume every moment of what happens out there and so, you know, being part of that as well. Mm, and that is so important. I think, you know, often people get focused on, oh, my God, they've bought in their own coffee cart and they're not buying coffee, which is important. I mean, from Mel has great coffee, why are you bringing your own coffee cart is a question. I wouldn't but... have survived the production without <laughs> coffee. But, but you know, they, as you've mentioned, there's some really creative ideas of leveraging relationships and that's why we work in business. with. We're actually going to have a podcast coming up in November just around stakeholders and how you form relationships because I think all of us in business just underestimate how much business gets done by working to create win-win relationships with people. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a challenge though if you look at this industry in that it's very short-term yeah. most of the time. So, you know, we were here a week in Frio and four weeks for our whole shoot, which is nuts when you think about making a 90-minute film. <laughs> Um, With 100 people tagging and, along and, as well. Yeah. So, so, you know, it, there's a lot involved in that. And obviously you get longer time frames for bigger projects. Um, but a lot of the time the people don't live here or may not know the space, etc. cetera. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be said <clears throat> as the sort of studio infrastructure increases, et cetera, to really build or a really great foundation to help those that don't know what's here know what's here very quickly. Yeah. And so what I would stress is this investment in um, almost mapping the landscape um, and doing it at, at all the levels that we would know we require things, whether it's catering, parking, or you know, all these little layers that are required to make something um, and then understanding the processes by which we would engage with the individual business or go through the process of the city even things like paying for stuff, like it seems so trivial, but, you know, the bane of my existence in production is the accounting side of things. Yeah. And you need to account for every dollar really rigorously. And if you have to go through like 50 emails to get the payment completed, that's using a lot of time. Yeah. So so for me, simplifying processes like that is hugely valuable um, as a business, as a city, whatever. Uh, but, but I think having that foundational layer of, yep, this is who we are, this is what's available, when someone knocks on the door, we'll like put, I mean, Frio, but I guess Perth and, and WA at a whole like light years ahead of so many places. I th I'm seeing a role for Michelle, our committee officer and membership officer as well, to go, hey, look, we've got all these great members, come and see us and we'll feed you in the right direction. 100%, so, yeah. yeah, totally, because that's where we go. Like it's yeah. like where, where can we get quick access to a group of individuals that are open-minded and thinking about how they can get involved and, you know, something like a chamber is a great example of that. Yeah, because um, you've got such a diversity of business base. Uh, exactly. Yeah. and. Yeah, I was going to say, you have your finger on the pulse. You yeah. know exactly what's happening around town and where the new thing is or where someone's just built this amazing piece of infrastructure that could feature. Like, mm. you know all those things because mm. you live here. Yeah. So, so being, uh, like, willing and open to share that and, and prepared to provide the right info quickly, it, yeah. And I think that is a unique thing about Fremantle. We even found it with the um, events and conferences market. You know, we've recently done a project of pulling all of our accommodation and attractions together into one place so that 
if you are looking to run a business event, it's not like going to the Hyatt where we've got it all in one place. It is spread through the city, but having a central point of information that people can come to is really important. And beyond that, for businesses, it's about um, educating their staff and who's on the ground and how if someone comes up to you and is like, hey, can we film in front of your window or can we come in? Because it happens because yeah. <laughs> people see something they like when you're walking around and go, oh, we want that and we want that now. Um, so what's the process within your business to get that okay um, and who can do it so inform like having that that process within your business that can react really quickly too means you won't miss out on an opportunity such a good point isn't it like that thing thinking through things before they happen of who needs to approve it what are we looking for as a business if we do it all of that thinking and, and this has been such a great conversation for starting some of that thinking you know there's so many areas ticking over in my mind that I'm so glad we're having this before they've actually just built a film studio out there and we're now then reacting going oh what do we do now um there's a lot of thought and and I think continuing this conversation is going to be really important Kelly, are there any questions online Alrighty, I have a question just about I guess your um role of where you guys want to go what do you want to do just as individuals why are we in film what are we going to do into the future uh well there's no individual in this team because we are a team, team yeah. um no i in that team yeah, yeah exactly no but uh yeah you know we we do have uh big ambitions and um obviously we've just filmed it only takes a night part one uh we are you know in the process of obviously editing that and getting it out to market at the moment uh but we think we've created something very special so we think we'll be coming back for part two and part three um, and then on top of that yeah we've, we've got a bunch of projects um, you know we're working on a, a tv show at the moment that we want to bring to WA um, that's got market interest um, from around Australia so that could be something that we could really showcase WA with um, yeah more films documentaries all of that so uh, yeah we're just going to have a, a whole big slate of of projects that we're going to do all from uh, little old WA that's right you do have a lay down between that four weeks of crazy too don't you yeah <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Cara, how about for you? What's on the future horizon for you? Well, I second that. Um, I guess though I do just want to say like that this was my first film. Um, it's really hard to break into the industry because it is one of those industries where you need experience but how do you get that experience? So I would just say um, keep having a go because we've created something and now we're looking at doing a second project and mm. you just you have to start somewhere and just sometimes you need to create those opportunities but I'd really like to besides two and three we've got a tv show that I think is really relevant in making people laugh and, and connect, connecting back to country and home that I think could be really good in this time so that's what I hope we get onto next fantastic how about you Josh um I'd probably like to raise a like giant fund that helps us invest in loads of people uh, to tell loads more stories. That would probably be the thing that is my biggest goal because I know these two what, want to do what they do. They're the creatives, right? I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, you I'm make much it more focused on the dollars. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, obviously we, we've got a slate of stuff that we're doing. Uh, I'd really like to build animation cap capability here. Um, I think that I know that there's a lot of uh, phenomenal animators and people in that sort of world that want to come back to Australia and Western Australia in particular um, uh, but there just is not a whole lot of capability uh, here beyond you know graphics for websites and things so we'd love to build some sort of animation capability and we have a project that we would like to do that with um, but yeah I think for me it's it's changing the way in which people have access to uh, to finance and not making it or not being so reliant on 
the current sort of system, um, that would that's a sort of passion of mine mm. and something that I'd really like to yeah create and and uh, use to elevate more people and not just like it's not just about us. We we really want to build an industry here um, and and increase what's what's possible out of WA. And even as you're talking, you know the the foundations of so much of what you described are here. It's how do we elevate that? You know, I was even as you're talking, thinking about animation. You know, the amount of amazing AR companies we've got here in Fremantle that are yeah, growing, right. doing some really interesting things. But again, no one knows they're here. Yeah. Um, yeah and how do probably, we get that story told as That's well? probably the other side of this and, and, and a reason why we're like going to try and do some more kind of community-based work and, and build a bit of a community here because there are so many people that don't know other people exist. Mm, like mm. it's hilarious. We made an introduction between two guys who work in the VFX space and they did not know that they were both working on the same project, yet they live in Perth and they, they were working like a big international project yeah. but they had no idea that they both were here let alone were working on the same thing. Yeah. So it's, it can be quite isolating in terms of the industry itself and so facilitating that kind of, you know, pollination of an industry between businesses and different skill sets mm. is, is awesome as well. And all of those skills apply to so many other things other than film. You know, we did a podcast recently with the Perth Advertising and Design Club just around the role sound has and all of these amazing sound technicians that we've got, you know, that have been linked traditionally to the live music scene in Fremantle. But those skills translate to how do you create sound for brands, how do you actually use it in your business advertising and we know Instagram and TikTok, they're taking, you know, vision and film is video is taking over the world. So there is so many more opportunities if we have really talented creatives in the film sector that push through into other areas. 100%. And that, and they all run small businesses. Yeah. Like they are all small businesses, whether it's a sole trader entity, whether they've got, you know, two people working in a little proprietary limited thing, like it, it's, it's a business. Yeah. And, and so we are engaging and employing people to make their business exist and continue existing as well mm. um uh, and so it's uh yeah it's a phenomenal opportunity to increase this representation of the arts and it's you know does my head in that we don't have a representation at a federal level for it and that they're you know completely oblivious to the fact that but it if you were a coder josh you would be in innovation and you'd be getting a whole <laughs> lot of funding federally but, but, yeah it's it, it is it, it it's funny because i've come from it's funny i'll get I've back to you guys we'll probe it off in a minute <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm going i'm going um, I've come from. The, I've, I'll leave if you like. Um, I've come from that world, and that's the thing. So, yeah. because of my background, I've come from that world, and I've seen the investment and all that sort of yeah, all that that is. Um, and, and it's great, and it's good, and there's plenty of tech that makes what we do easier and simpler and more cost effective. Um, but at the end of the day, it's people. Like it really is people. And if you don't have them and their expertise and knowledge, and they're not passing that on to others, then what do you have? That's a really, really good yeah. point. Well, before I wind us up completely, would you like to pass the microphone to Cara? <laughs> Did you have any thoughts that you'd like to give just in terms of advice to, to businesses in Fremantle about film and, and what we can expect out of this future? Um, I think just being open to the fact that, you you know, don't think that you can't be involved. Whatever you're doing, there is probably an opportunity to explore. So spend this time prepping for that exploration. Talk to city, talk to the chamber, talk to other businesses. Um, let people know what you do. Let people know how open you are or willing to use a space or use your people. Um, yeah, and, and just give some thought to how you might want to be involved. It's a fantastic point. Thanks, Cara. Callum, is there anything you'd like to say in just winding up? Um, yeah, similar uh, to Cara. I mean, yeah, I think the best thing that, you know, you could do to, to prep for this, you know, what's happening in the future, um, 
you know, a massive location guide that, you know, the, the city handles that's got images all over it that, you know, a producer can literally just click on, scroll through, make a short list and then away you go. Mm. Just make it easy. Yeah. It's fantastic advice, I think, for all of us in terms of marketing and, and selling to any other industry. You know, it is about making it easy. It's thinking about what that other industry wants and it's thinking about what business you're in and what you can offer. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, go. It's just a parting thanks to Kate from Indota Spa because she went out of her way and closed down her business for for us and honestly it, it saved us. So thank you. We're very grateful that she <laughs> found you as well. Um, so thank you very, very much. Is there anything anyone else wanted to add before we close up? Um, I actually okay. Yeah, go. We're going to hear from Kate now. <laughs> what was your experience, Kate, as well? Look. The first thing I want to do is apologise for coming barrelling in while you're in the middle of filming a scene. I'm so sorry. And if anybody does get involved in the film industry as a small business or a larger business, be aware it is a film set. And so you can't walk through the front door carrying on about... Well, I wasn't carrying on, but you actually have to be quiet. It's something I'm a little unfamiliar with. <laughs> But, yeah, just do remember that you are on a film set. Um, so I am really sorry about that, guys. <laughs> but I think the most important thing is it was so exciting for us and we told everybody. Um, our staff were so excited. They all wanted to come in and look. And I said, no, but I really i am sorry that I did now because I'm sure you guys would have been fine about it. And some of us were quiet. Um, <laughs> But you asked lots of questions. I was really surprised by the scope of it. I really did not think there would be so many people and there are a lot of people. So be prepared for that um, and I'm sure that these guys have heard all kinds of weird and strange questions because they do work with actors. So, <laughs> so I'm sure that there's nothing that they haven't heard or that they're going to look askance at. So um, it was a really fun experience for us and... I'm really proud and excited about the fact that we got involved in it and I can't wait for it to come out so I can tell everybody, oh, look, I was part of that. And your place looks amazing on screen. Thank you. Wonderful. And that's a beautiful note for us to finish up on. So thank you, Kate. Thank you to the city for joining us this morning and thank you to our panel for sharing your stories. Thank you. It was great.